This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We'll turn to Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1. Verses 26 and 27. And the scripture reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And we're going to continue uh, with our subject that we're talking about, and that is the purpose of the family. And this piece that I'm going to, uh, to teach is going to be entitled Family, a Reflection of the Image of God. Family, a Reflection of the Image of of God. And this is our foundational text found here in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And I have three objectives uh, in this teaching. We want to first understand the formation of man. Man was created a being um, and a special being. So we want to understand the formation of man. We want to understand the reflection of of the image of God, understand how the image of God is reflected. We want to understand how the image of God is reflected in and through the family. And we'll find out that the image of God is reflected in and through the family in character and in structure. So two objectives mainly, to understand the formation of man and to understand how the image of God is reflected in and through the family. So if you will turn to, leave your finger in Genesis chapter 1 because we will come back there. But turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to take off from here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll start reading at verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy, and the second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy and as is the heavenly such are they also that are heavenly and as we have borne the image of the earthy we shall also bear the image of the heavenly and so here we see in this passage of scripture that The natural man is first, but then there is a spiritual part of man. The natural is first. 
It says the first man is of the earth. He's earthy, but the second man is the Lord. So we have what we have imparted, what God has, has, has done is he has taken, we have, we have both parts, right? We have the earthy part, but then we have a spiritual part. And so this is what, this is what he, he is saying here. In Genesis chapter 2, go to, go to turn, turn to Genesis chapter 2. So remember that, that we have the earthy. So the scripture says in, in that 1 Corinthians 15, and particularly in verse 49, it says, And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So keep that in mind as we go to chapter Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to read verse 7 only. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So here we see Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Then we see here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So here we see in, verse, in Genesis 2 and 7 that man is not a living being without the spirit and the soul. A man is not a living being without the spirit and the soul. The breath of life made it so. Okay? So without the spirit and the soul, man is just of the ground, just dust. Right? So man is made of spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. And the spirit and the soul, they are so intrinsically connected that... Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 that it is only the scripture, it's only the word, only the word that can discern the two. Only the word of God can discern the two. And a lot of times when you say spirit and soul, people use that word interchangeably. Generally, people use that word interchangeably, the spirit and the soul. But there are differences in the two. There are differences in the two. Man's life, that is his center of being, man's life. So don't think of, um, don't think of life just me, me living, okay, just me breathing. Me living, me breathing. That's not only what life is. Okay, so we have to think about it, how God, we're talking about the Word of God and what, how God looks at it and what God sees, sees us as. So man's life, that is his center of being, but that's also his source of being. Okay, his life is his center of being, but it's also his source of being. And that denotes and talks about and speaks to his spirit and his soul, the center of his being, being his soul, and the source of his being, being the spirit. Okay, so I'm going to break this down for you. So the body God formed, he molded, he formed. That means he molded and he shaped. He molded and he shaped the body of man from the ground, from the dirt. 
Okay? So all of what we're made of is from the earth. It's from the dirt. But the spirit and the soul of man is from God. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 2. At chapter 12, I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. So man is spirit, soul, and body. The body is from the earth, but our spirits and our souls are from God. And in Ecclesiastes... You know what? Okay. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let's look at verse 7. 12 and 7. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Okay? The dust returned to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So here we see that the dust is from the ground, but the spirit, and we're going to say the spirit and the soul, is from God. Because God gave, when he breathed the breath of life, when he breathed the breath of life, he imparted, he imparted unto us, a part of him and that's his spirit okay he imparted a part of him and that was his spirit so the breath of life that made man a spiritual being going back to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 when he breathed and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life so when he God breathed life into man it made him a spiritual being. He imparted part of him, which is he, he is spirit. So he imparted into us a part of him, making us also a spiritual being. Okay, imparting the spirit. That spirit man, the spirit man has the capacity. That the spirit man is, is the way we communicate with God. That's our understanding. That's how we respond to God. Out of our spirits. Okay? Out of our spirits. In our spirit is the capacity for serving and fellowshipping with God. In the spirit. That's, that is the capacity that we have for serving and fellowshipping with God. And our souls, it's a living, it makes us animated. It gives us a consciousness. It's, it's our rationale. It's, it's, be, it's our being. It's, it makes us rational. That's our soul. Because our soul, our soul, it not only ha- makes us a breathing creature, but it is also life presenting, meaning that it's physical and it's mental. Okay? It's physical and mental. So the soul is our center of existence. Our soul is our center of existence. Our physical existence, our mental existence. It is the seat of our senses, the soul. So when we say the heart, we talk about the heart and the heart change and where our, our thoughts and our emotions and our, that's our soul. Okay, that's the soul. 
So the soul is the seat of our senses, our desires, our affections, and our appetites. And the soul is eternal. The soul is eternal. Okay? So when a person physically dies, and even before, so let's, let's just say someone is on life support. Okay? On life support, the body is being maintained. The body is being maintained. The lungs are kept pumping, right? The lungs are kept pumping. The oxygen is kept pumping. The blood is is flowing. So all of that is done by a life support machine. But the brain of a person can be inactive. No activity. And they call that what? They say... They're a vegetable, okay? Meaning they're lifeless. They have a body, but they're lifeless. At that point, they're gone. Okay? At that point, they're gone. If there is no brain activity, there's no functionality, at that point, they're gone. So when we try to keep them going on machines, because we don't want to give them up, we don't want to let them go, but it's only the machine that's keeping them. And guess where their soul is? It says if, if the, the body has, will return to the earth, then their souls have returned to God. Okay, So this is important. We are talking, all of this is going to make sense to you. Again, we're talking about the family as a reflection of the image of God. Okay, But all of this is important because you need to understand how you're made up. That's important. How you're made up so that you can understand also how you're able to respond to God. And what is it that's responding? Okay. Because we all have to respond to God. And we're all created the same way. So we all have been created with the spirit. So the spirit, so we talked about the soul. The soul, the center of existence. The seat of our senses, our desires. We know that the soul is eternal. So what is the spirit man then? So we said the spirit. So we're made up of spirit, soul, and body. We know what the body is. We know what the soul is. So the spirit That is the part of us that connects with the Holy Spirit, and that's what we respond. That's how we respond to the things that come from God. Okay? That's the spirit in man. It is the part of us that connects with the Holy Spirit. So God imparted a part of him, which is his spirit, so we're able to connect with him with our spirit. And that, from that, we understand the things of God. We're able to discern the things of God. We understand, understand them and we discern them spiritually out of the spirit that God has placed in man. And it enables us to know and to worship him. Okay. So when God breathed the breath of life into man, he not only breathed his spirit, he imparted a part of his spirit in that, 
but he also gave us a soul. That's important because he did not do that for any other creature. He didn't do that for any other creature on earth. Man is the only creature on earth that he imparted his spirit into. That's important. So no, all dogs don't go to heaven. They can't. Why? Because they don't have a spirit to be able to connect with God, to be able to commune with God, to be able to receive and hear his word for salvation. I'm sorry for all the dog lovers out there, but no, your dog is not going to heaven. Okay? He's not, or she's not. Because man is the only, man is the only, cre- the only creature. And that's why creatures, we're talking about animals, they only, they are only able to respond out of their bodies, out of a desire to survive. They have survival instincts. That's all they have. And they're not rational people. God breathed into us being able to be rational. We're the only rational creatures that God created. The only rational creatures that God created. Because he he created us with the capacity to be able to understand by his spirit, to understand him, to accept him. And to be able to change our wills, to change our desires, to help fit that spirit man. He gave us the capacity to change our souls, our hearts. He gave us the capacity to be able to do that by the renewing of our minds with the word that will in turn be led by the spirit that he has placed in us. Being led by their spirit, which what is the communion with God, the part of us that connects to God. So you connect to God with your spirit, and that is what God intends for you to be led by through your soul. Okay? That's very important. Forgive me for those of you who already knew that, but we got some people who don't know, and they need to understand. Okay? So that's why I'm taking my time, because they need to understand. Right, and although they we've been in ministry for you know all these many years and all of that, and we have some old younger ones coming up, and they probably heard this before, but for the some for some of them, this is the first time that they're hearing it because this is the first time that they're understanding. Okay, so and it is that spirit man in them that's helping that's helping them to understand the things of God. Right now, in the Bible, a lot of times in the Bible, it's, it's there's not a whole it's not a whole lot of scripture that speaks to the to to the differences. Not a whole lot, but there are a few that do that speak to the differences between the spirit and the soul. And so, look, let's look at this in John chapter four. In John chapter four. And let's look at verse 24. It says that God is a spirit. 
Remember, he imparted into us, right, that importation, that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Okay? Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, they did not say worship him in soul and truth. But there's another scripture that tells us to set our affections upon him. Right? So our spirit man, because God is a spirit, we worship him. Remember I said that is our our spirit man. Our spirit man is the one that connects with God. Our spirit man is the one who is enabled to know and to worship God. So when we worship him, because he is a spirit, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. And in truth is the word of God. Okay? We're getting that? Okay. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Romans 8 and 16. The scripture reads, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Here we go. The Spirit itself, that's the Holy Spirit, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So when we hear the word, when we hear that we've been adopted, when we hear that we have that we've inherited eternal life, when we hear that we are the chosen ones of God, when we hear that, that God has called us out, that God is, is calling calling us, when we when we hear that it's calling us to be children, when we hear that, it is our spirit man that understands, that receives and understands that. Okay? Because it is our spirit that has the capacity to know him, to worship him, to serve him. It's the spirit man. Now, what do we do with that knowledge? When we receive that knowledge and our spirit man accepts and receives that knowledge, then we are to take that knowledge that we have and that understanding that we have, and then we are to what? We are to make sure that we renew our minds, our souls, that part of us, our souls, our desires, our will, our thoughts, we are supposed to take that that our spirit receives and we are supposed to renew our minds with that. It says, the scripture tells us, what shall a man gain? He should, should he gain the whole world and lose his soul? Should he gain the whole world and lose his soul? I have been imparting. I have, he's been receiving. The spirit has been receiving. And the spirit... The spirit, it can either it either receives or it refuses. The spirit man, it either receives or it refuses. But it has the capacity. God created us with that capacity. It already it's already built into the spirit. It has the capacity. That's why God gave it to us. Because that's the capacity that he has. That is the part of us that is, is going to. That's the part of us that he placed in us to respond to him. But the spirit man either receives or refuses. So a sinner has the spirit man, because we all created the same, has the spirit man, 
but he has either not yet heard or he's heard and refused. It's the believer who has accepted through the Spirit, has accepted. And they're in the process in the process of sanctification, they're in the process of being sanctified by the Word, hearing the Word, allowing the understanding that they're receiving from the Spirit to allow them to renew their minds. And that's how that works. So let's look at Psalms 8. Now we're going to quite a few scriptures, but I want to be sure that there's an understanding behind this because you don't have to accept anything that... I say, unless it's backed by scripture. And that will help solidify information and knowledge for us when we see it in the Word. Psalms 8, chapter, I mean, Psalms 8. Let's look at verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest? visitest him for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor so man is a unique creature we've already said that man is a unique creature he was made a little lower than the angels so a little lower than the angels he was made with a body okay he was made with a body and the capacity to represent God. He was made with a body with the capacity to represent God. And how do we know that he was made with the capacity to represent God? Because in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. He didn't do that for not. There was a reason. There was a reason why he wanted to make man in his image and his likeness. And that was to be able to represent him on the earth. So man is a representative. You, each and every one of us, we have the capacity to be representatives on the earth. Each and every one of us. Why? Because we were made with a spirit to receive from God. Made with a spirit to receive from God. So we all have the capacity to be representatives of God here on the earth. So he was made a little lower. Man was made a little lower than the angels. That means with the body and the capacity to represent him. And crowned... um, And crown, uh, let's look at, uh, let's see. For thou hast made him a little more than the angels and has crowned him with glory. So he has been crowned. Man has been crowned. Man has been encircled. Encircled with glory. That's God's presence. That's God's presence. And again, it's going back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. That if we were made in the image of God, giving us the capacity to represent him. There are things that he's giving us in that image that allows us 
that allows us to be his representatives, he has given us his very presence. The, very, the mere fact that we have the spirit of God, a piece of him, an impartation from him of his spirit, that is a part of his glory, a part of his presence. So we have been crowned with his presence. We have been encircled with his presence. And that's being the image and the, and, and the likeness of God. That's his very presence with you. Always his very presence with you. And when our spirit man is made alive to God, our spirit man is made alive to God, that again is a part of him being making his presence known in us. It's making his presence known in us. When we have Open up our spirits. And we have received of him, of our spirits. And our spirits are made alive to him yet again. And we're going to get to that in a, in, a, in a minute. Yet again, our spirit man being made alive to him, then that is his very presence with us. The capacity to know him, the capacity to serve him. And then we know. And then, again, it doesn't stop from there. Because we know, we, we know what the spirit of God in us does. In and upon us, right? So it doesn't just stop there, but that's the initial presence. That's his initial presence with us when we have accepted him. So, his glory, that's the privilege of God's presence, his image and his likeness, and honor. That means that the privilege of dominion that we also find in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. He's given us honor. He gave us, he gave us the opportunity to have dominion over the works of his hands, over the earth. Okay? Again, no other creature. This is why, this is why man is a unique creature. This is why man is a unique creature. We were given dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air. We were given dominion over every creeping thing, every, the, every other creature on earth. We were given dominion over. Okay? Okay, now listen. Listen. I know, we're scared of snakes. We're scared of things. But you were given dominion. I know we're laughing. It's like, okay... All right, do we don't believe that, huh? We were given dominion over those things. Every creeping thing you were given dominion over. So I know what part of what scares us is what that thing, that creeping thing can do to us. Okay? That's really what we're scared of, is what that thing can do to us. But you have been given dominion over that thing. I see y'all don't see y'all. I, I just lost you right there because y'all don't believe that. You have been given dominion over those things. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll move on from there. Just think on that. The next time you see a spider. The next time you see a bug, the next time you see a dragonfly, the next time you see, know that you've been given dominion over those things. Okay? 
So I want y'all to practice that. We got to practice the word, right? So I want y'all to speak to the spirit. <laughs> I will not run because I have dominion over you. I will not run because I have dominion over you. Okay. All right. So we've gone too far. Okay. I get it. But just know that you do. You do. Okay? You do. You really do. All right. So, that's why it's important. Okay, so the, after the fall of man, so we know that the spirit man is what receives of God. The spirit man is what communes with God. It is the spirit man, and we're supposed to, with, with that spirit being led by the, by the spirit of God, that our spirit connects with his, that our spirit uh, bears witness to the word, to the things of God. Our spirit bears witness to the things from God. So from that, we're supposed to take that, and we're supposed to renew our minds, and we're supposed to cleanse our souls with that, right? Okay, so at the fall of man, so at the very beginning, at the very beginning of, of our creation. Man in the Garden of Eden, he had that capacity. Remember, he walked with God at the cool of the day. He had that capacity to be able to commune with God. He had that capacity. And so then what happens? After the fall of man, after the fall of man, then our spirit man became dead. When the scripture tells us that, and, and told, and told uh, Adam and Eve that once they ate of the tree, and again it wasn't the tree, it was the disobedience that got them into their trouble. But once they disobeyed God, that they would surely die, right? When he said that they would surely die, that was all, every part of them. That was every part of them. Now we know that the soul lives on. The soul is eternal, Right? But the part of them that gave them their life, that they would, and, 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 and the part of the death of the soul is that you would lose it. What profited a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So it's not that the soul is going to die, but he will lose it. Okay? So... At the point where Adam and Eve sinned, all of them died. The part of them. So that means that they're, eventually their physical beings would die. Although they didn't see it right then, their physical beings would die. And their spirit man at that point, the spirit man at that very point, died. Separated, meaning being separated, no longer could receive from God. No longer could commune with God because they had sinned. Okay. So, look at this in John chapter 20. That's why it's very important. This is the reason why it is very important that the inbreathing... The inbreathing of the Holy Spirit at the regeneration is very important. It's vitally, vitally important, important because that is God quickening our spirits. That's Jesus quickening our spirits. The regeneration, the regeneration is God quickening our spirits. Meaning what? He's making it alive again. No longer dead, but making it alive again to God. 
making it alive again. So John chapter 20. And let's look at verse 22. John 20 and 22. And the scripture reads. Uh, verse 21. Let's start at 21. Then said Jesus to them. He's talking to his disciples. Then said Jesus to them again. Peace be unto you as my father has sent me. Even so I send you. So send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. This is the second breathing. So remember the first time he breathed the breath of life on every man. Into every man he breathed the breath of life. Okay? The source. That was their source for communion with God. That was their source for being able to receive from God. He breathed that. After the fall of man, we lost that privilege. We lost that ability, that capability to be able to do so. But here we see the, first, the second impartation is with what? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the quickening. It's the quickening of our spirits to make us once again alive to God. So that's why it is so important, that, and, and that's why it's important for salvation. Because at salvation, the point of salvation, that is when the quickening happens. That's that second breathing, that, that in-breathing, that's that, the second impartation to us. And that makes our spirits alive to God. So then once again, we are in the capacity to be able... To hear from God, to be able to receive from God, to be able to commune with God, to be able to know Him, to be able to serve Him. Again, that impartation, that second impartation of the Holy Spirit is giving us the ability to be able to do all of that. This is important. Because... People will say and claim to know the Lord. They will claim to know the Lord. But their actions have to speak to that. What you trust in, what you have faith in, what you believe in will dictate how you live and how you govern your life. How you shape, how you mold your life. So if there is no second impartation, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you claim. I don't care what you claim. You can be going to church. You can be doing all. You can be doing all in church every Sunday. You can be doing all of that. You can be lifting your hands. You can be praising God. You can can do all. You can be singing praise. You can do all of that. But if your spirit man has not been made alive, if you have not accepted Christ and you have not, your spirit man has been not been made alive, you don't have an understanding at all about anything pertaining to the word of God and to the God's will and what he wants for your life. You have no idea. No idea. 
And that's why I said also that that is the source. That spirit man, that is the source of life. Because when you have that impartation, when you have, when you have been made alive, when you have been quickened, that is how you find your, it's the source of your life. That is where you get your very uh, energy, the energy, the existence that you have. That's where it comes from. And that's, and that's how you understand and know your purpose in life. What God created you to be. That's how you understand it. So if you have no understanding of that, coming to church and doing all of that, that is for not. And and, and again, the reason why I say that is because we can come to church and we can do all of that. But if our lives show something different, if our lives show something different, then you have to question if you received that second impartation. Has he truly breathed on you? Have you allowed him to breathe on you? You have to allow that. Remember I said that that spirit man, that's the, per- that's the place where you can either accept or refuse. The choice is yours to accept or to refuse. It's your choice. We all have that choice to make. So our ability to fellowship with him was cut off. So it's important that we have that second impartation. So in the last 22 minutes, no, not 22, two minutes, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. So I hope everybody understands how that spirit and that soul works and how the body is just... That is just it's just the shell. It's just that's all that it is to be able to house. So for those, and let me say this. So for those of you, for those of you who may be on the fence or you don't have an understanding or you've heard, and I, I mentioned part of this. I mentioned uh, in Wednesday Bible study when I was teaching, is that the spirit, a spirit has to have a body to work through. So for all of those, ooh, we got spirits. We got spirits just floating around. And I see dead people. And I see spirits. And things moving in my room because there's spirits in there. No. And no. Okay? The spirit ha- spirits have to have a body to be in. And when, they say, when I say they have to have a body, they have to have a body to work through. And remember what I said, again, that this, the, God is not giving, he's not giving Satan more authority than he has. So if God is not possessing your body, he lives in you. But he's not making you do anything. He's an influencer. He's, he's there to influence you. He's there to direct you. He's there to guide you. But he's not possessing you. He's not making you. So that means that he's not doing it. Satan cannot do it. To you or to anybody else. Believer or not. It's the same thing. 
Satan is working through people. Satan is influencing people. Satan is directing people. But he's not possessing people. Again, I know. I know. I'm messing up all your stuff. Messing, messing it all up. Because believers, some believers believe that. Stand to your feet. I'm out of time. So that that's just that's just a prelim. That's this is just this is just to help us get started. This is to help us help us understand the image. But I, in order for us to get to the image of God and what that means for us, I need you to understand how you were formed and how you were created. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water in Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.